Welcome to the Thriller Fiction Podcast, your source for gripping and twisty stories in a serialized format. And now, here's your host, Jim Heskett. Hey, how you doing? Uh, hmm. So that was my attempt at an East Coast accent. I know it didn't really work. My apologies. Um, when I was young, I feel like I could do lots of accents. Uh, and uh, fallen out of practice. I mean, I used to do a little bit of acting, but uh, now it's not it's not my thing anymore. Now, when I try to read like Peppa Pig to my to my son, you know, Peppa uh, is um, uh, from the UK, and so I try to put on a British accent. He won't let me do it. He doesn't like it. He'll say, "Use daddy voice," and he's very insistent. So I'm not allowed to do accents when reading stories, which I kind of feel like uh, stifles my creativity. But you know. Um, he gets to be an active participant in the, uh, in the decision-making process when we're reading stories. So I kind of feel like now that I've committed to that, I have to see it through and give him some agency in that respect. <laughs> okay, anyway. Hey guys, how you doing? I'm Jim. This is uh, the Thriller Fiction Podcast Season 2 Museum Attack. And we're on Chapter 10, which means we're officially more than halfway done. So that's pretty cool. Um, today's chapter is a little bit longer. I mean, all these chapters are short. Uh, you know, it's a thriller. They're short chapters. Get to the action quick. Get to the cliffhanger quick, and get you moving on to the next one. Because um, you know, thrillers are like uh, they're like that drug pusher on the schoolyard. They're like, hey kid, you want some free? And then you got to come back and get more and more and more. It's exactly so. Just consider me your drug pusher for the day. My name is Jim, and so we're gonna read chapter ten in Museum Attack right now. Lane left the security office with one goal in mind, get a weapon. Now more than ever, he needed to do something to stop these people. What that something was, he couldn't be too sure. His action hero days were long gone, swinging through the lobby on a tethered rope, dropping hand grenades, crashing the glass. But he couldn't sit by and watch this death march happen. He couldn't knowingly let everyone in that lobby die. Lane had to get one of them alone, incapacitate him and steal his rifle, that wouldn't level the playing field, but it was better than nothing. Voices carried from the far side of this floor. Knife out, he stayed close to the wall and slid along the hallway toward the voices. He paused at the edge of a bend and listened, heard two of them talking back and forth. He went up to six, said one. He doesn't have his walkie on him, said the other. You know Red is going to rip into him when he comes back. It's the little things, bro. Red cares about the details so hard like you can't imagine. Lane debated. He could possibly take two of them, but not without a significant amount of trouble. And if either of them were able to squeeze their triggers, the whole building would know. They would send out search parties specifically to hunt him down if they hadn't already. Lane needed his element of surprise. So he turned and headed for the stairs. The art exhibit these people craved was on the fourth floor, so probably a high concentration of them up there. Instead, he opted for the fifth floor, Maybe he'd find a straggler wandering around appreciating the art. Maybe he'd find a lazy one barely able to put up a fight. Not likely. At the fifth floor landing in the employee's stairwell, he paused before opening the door. Voices on the other side. He dropped to the ground and pointed his ear at the open slit between the concrete and the bottom of the door, closed his eyes, and focused. Did you hear about the op in Detroit? One of them said. Sounds like it going well, the other one said. 
I heard all six of the bombs went off without any trouble. Then, a third voice piped up. Those dumb bastards, so smug and comfortable, you'd think they... Lane didn't catch the rest of the sentence because he moved away from the door. Absolutely no point in trying to intervene against three of them. He hustled up to the sixth floor, panting and out of breath. At the sixth floor landing, he sat on the top step and collected himself. If I can find one of them alone, I'll have to kill him. It's my best chance. He wasn't even sure he was talking to. Jasmine, his daughter Cameron, the two cherub tattoos on his forearms. After a few deep breaths, he continued. He listened at the door leading into the sixth floor and heard nothing, so he eased it open. Right away, he found himself standing opposite an artist's rendering of King's Landing, exactly as described in the novels. The Game of Thrones exhibit. Wow, he whispered. It's beautiful. A silly urge to explore the exhibit tugged at him. If only he had time to appreciate it right now. He pushed past the painting to find hallways on either side of the main exhibit room in front of him. He chose left, foot over foot, careful to keep his breaths even and his knees slightly bent, knife out, ready to drive the point into anything that looked threatening. He visualized himself doing it, visualized gaining the upper hand and not making any careless mistakes. Funny how quickly those old training tips came back to him. Up ahead, he heard a man whistling. Lane paused. He waited for other voices but heard none. He inched closer until he came to the edge of the hallway and then he stilled his breathing and focused. In front of him was a lobby with elevators, and standing next to those elevators a single man wearing body armor and carrying an M4 carbine rifle, attachments on his belt and vest jutting out like ornaments on a Christmas tree, 20 feet away. Lane raised the knife and calculated his throw. At this distance, he didn't feel good about it. With the body armor and other gear, Lane would have to hit the man in the head hard enough to puncture bone. Not good odds. He reversed back the way he'd come and searched around for any small object he could throw. A series of pedestals in the main room displayed King's Landing military helmets over the years. He picked up a gold one belonging to Circe's personal guard, the Mountain. It was heavy, shiny, the size of a basketball. Sorry about this, he whispered to the helmet. He escorted it back toward the edge of the hall and gripped it in one hand, knife in the other. With a hard swing, he lobbed the helmet toward the elevator, aiming a little past the invader. The helmet clunked onto the floor and the man's head turned to follow it as it rolled past him. Lane, blade out, sprinted across the open space. Teeth gritted, eyes wide, a blur of motion stamping across the floor. He hoisted the knife as the man pivoted his body back in the other direction. He raised his M4. His eyes were wide, full of surprise. But before he could wrap a finger on the trigger, Lane was on him. He tried to stab toward the neck, but the man shifted away from Lane's knife. They crashed, Lane knocking him back into the closed elevator doors. Then he whipped the knife up, aiming for the neck again. He drove the blade into soft flesh as the man's eyes shot wide open. He continued to push until the hilt bumped into the man's chin and Lane could push no further. It was like slicing into cooked chicken. Lane stepped back as the man's hand skittered up to his neck, feebly attempting to yank out the knife. He swatted at it, staggering. Blood leaked out onto his hands and down his neck. Lane snatched the M4 and tried to lift it over the man's head, but the strap was pinned under the man's arms. The guy tried to scramble free to back away from Lane. Lane grabbed him by the belt and swung him away from the elevators. The man teetered and then fell to the floor. 
He wriggled for a few seconds and then his hands fell away from his neck. Knife hilt protruding from the side, blood lining his palms as his fingers fluttered like little spasms. Then he became still. Lane, panting, gazed down at the blood on his arms. The adrenaline rushing through him made him lightheaded. His knees tried to buckle, but he braced a hand against the elevator and took a few deep breaths. This wasn't the first person Lane Parrish had ever killed, not even the first in the last few years. But every time Lane had done it lately, he'd found a way to convince himself this lifestyle was behind him. This time, he couldn't tell himself that same lie. There would be more killing before the day was done, if he intended to live until tomorrow to help the hostages, that was. After a moment, he snapped out of his adrenaline shock. He stripped the dead man of his rifle, his extra magazines, his body armor, and his tactical knife. Lane considered searching the man's pockets for a wallet to see his license. But Lane shucked that idea. He didn't want to know the guy's name, and it didn't matter. He was nothing but a target if he was in league with these people. This guy would just as easily have shot Lane full of bullets if Lane hadn't gotten him first. After he'd slid all the gear on, he wiped the blood from his hands on the vest and then shook his head to clear out the cobwebs. Time to get to work. Oral, that's chapter 10. See, there was my Cockney accent, and it's not very good. And if, um, if you're of the Cockney persuasion, you probably found that offensive. So I apologize. I mean, sorry, not sorry, kinda. You know, I'm just I'm just doing my best here. Anyway, guys, uh, thanks for listening again to this episode, and I hope that you will queue up the next episode so you can find out what happens in Chapter 11. It's only going to get more and more intense from here on out as we barrel toward the inevitable conclusion of Museum Attack featuring Lane Parrish by the author Jim Heskett, who happens to be this same podcaster who's speaking to you right now. All right, guys, be kind to each other. Take care of the ones who uh, have deemed you worthy of their love. All right, have a good one. That's it for this episode of the Thriller Fiction Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and visit jimheskett.com for more info and free thriller books.